0: Um, and so somebody asked me, so the person asked me what the best era of the internet was in my opinion. And I think that my favorite era is kind of unimportant. Um, but before I, I, I talk about my favorite, I just want to say what I, what I like about being as online as I am and, and what I enjoy about uh, doing this is is that i think the internet is at its best when when there is something novel that people can be excited about that is also harmless. Uh, so a good corollary to that is 2014-2015. We're talking Gamergate. We're talking Ferguson. Uh, we're talking Caitlyn Jenner coming out. I think that era of the internet is a hugely dark time. It was a very very poor time to be online. And I actually wasn't, I I kind of like stepped away from Facebook around that time. And I I didn't really use Twitter much at the time either. And this was when All Lives Matter started. This is when um, Gamergate was going on. And people just had to kind of sit there and watch this happen. Uh, Just watch transphobia, racism, misogyny become very, very, very easy online. Very it it became very easy to say something like, like uh, uh, Sandy Hook was a false flag, and people wouldn't really push back on you. And I almost got into a fist fight at a an open mic with a comic who was saying uh, uh, that 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 Sandy Hook was fake. Um, I haven't really talked about it before, but I know somebody who um, I don't want to give too many details because it's such a case that is so widely. Uh, Researched and known about by so many people, but I, I'll, I'll say I know somebody who was involved. Um, I know I know people from Newtown, Connecticut, and the. Just hearing that, I was just like, "The fuck do you just say?" Like it was like immediate. Like, that's that's unacceptable, you know. And this was very common on the internet, and it was very difficult in 2014, 15. and then during, the Trump election. Um, the only sort of bright spot in that time was Bernie Sanders. And and we forget, like, it's so easy to forget everything that was going on at that same time. But, like, Bernie Sanders announced his candidacy in the midst of Gamergate. And we as a culture haven't really talked about, like, what does it mean that... To what extent was the Bernie campaign part of Gamergate? And for all the false claims of Bernie bros and misogyny against Hillary Clinton, there was definitely a level of misogyny and a lot of it was being pointed towards trans women at the time. But for some reason that hasn't really been talked about at all. Uh, that, 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 that as Blair white, um, sort of as her star rose, um, and she came out as like a Trump supporter and, and and don't call me on the timeline because I'm really just talking about like, these examples of people, these 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 people, like Blair White, come hits the scene, is a conservative, is an open trans woman, and is transphobic, and so is Caitlyn Jenner. But we didn't know at the time that how transphobic and awful Caitlyn Jenner was. People knew she was a Republican donor and things, but a lot of the conversation around Caitlyn Jenner ended up being a discussion of, like, just what is a trans woman? What? What, does, what makes Caitlyn Jenner trans? What makes trans people exist? Because this was not a cultural idea that the United States had, had seriously contended with in its history. And Caitlyn Jenner made a really convenient punching bag for a lot of people on the center-left because she's a crazy Republican, because she supported Donald Trump. And you could sort of look at Blair White and Caitlyn Jenner and say, well... Caitlyn Jenner doesn't pass as well, but Blair White has worse politics. So I'm not sure which trans person's side to be on. And the conservatives really controlled a lot of the trans narrative at the start, and it was all about accepting trans people. But in the interim, it has become a way to eliminate trans people from the right wing, and from society in general, if, if Michael Knowles has his way. And I think that that was a really dark time in the internet. And I would say, I, I think a lot of people feel like it hasn't ended that, that darkness, that, that problematic, uh, era, uh, the, the, Oh yeah. Another big cultural touchstone at the time. Um, which is again, I, I think it sounds stupid, but I also think that it is largely correct. Uh, South park, uh, that season of South park, um, with PC principal and Soto Sopa, um, that was about gentrification and and white liberal scolding, um, but was also about anti-transness. Uh, they were pretty agnostic on Donald Trump. Um, they were kind of a little soft <laughs> when Trump won the election, I would say. And once Trump won the election, the first person who told us that everything was going to be okay was Dave Chappelle on Saturday Night Live. And... It's, it's, I think a lot of that stuff and a lot of that insanity, the spell of it really broke at Charlottesville. And I don't want to be insensitive about Charlottesville, but I believe that Charlottesville did a lot of good for our culture. And that is not to say that. Heather Heyer was a martyr, or in any way deserved it, or that anybody deserved to be hurt. But I think it is also very important to note, when we look at the totality of death, mayhem, destruction, that define American life and have for decades, have for a really long time, that we we mark our culture by tragedies from uh, the Rodney King bombing to, uh, or, gosh, no, not the Rodney King bombing, uh, the Rodney King, uh, protests to the, uh, bombing of Oklahoma city to, um, uh, 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 the, uh, Whitewater, uh, to, uh, uh, 9-11, the Iraq war, uh, up until more killings of police, the mishandling of Katrina, the, These things have weighed on the American consciousness in a way that uh, I don't think everybody likes to acknowledge. But as far as instances of death, mayhem and destruction that have taken innocent lives for no reason, um, I think that we can look at Charlottesville as a little bit more. I would say it granted us more insight than something like the Oklahoma City bombing because with something like the Oklahoma City bombing, the guy turns out to be a Nazi. He turns out to have FBI connections. He turns out to be uh, um, heavily involved in like illegal weapons manufacturing and these other things that 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 white supremacists get into. And there was a villain there was a good guy and a bad guy. Nobody was pro... Nobody was on the news saying that they were pro-Oklahoma City. But there were people on the news in 2014 saying they were against the protests in uh, Ferguson. And so a cop can kill someone on camera who is begging for their life and the response, by a certain percentage of Americans was to say he probably deserved it. And we don't hear those things about Rodney King these days, and it appears that some type of level of distance from these things, like there are certain inexcusable police murders that the right does not bring up, right? So if you take George Floyd... George Floyd had a record. George Floyd potentially had a drug problem. I never really looked into it. I don't really care. Um, Because he didn't deserve to die. That's the ultimate thing. And the right wing loves to find reasons people deserve to die. They have a criminal record. They're on drugs. They had a weapon, etc. So there are certain ones that the right does not bring up. And um, Michael Brown is one of them. Uh, Freddie Gray is another um, uh Philando Castile is another and and you just look at those three instances of somebody begging for their life on the sidewalk um somebody being um somebody being uh rough ride that's i was trying to think of like like uh uh, uh, freddie gray he was put in the back of a squad car with no restraints and they just drove around in the back of the not a squad car like a police like a paddy wagon like a police van and uh, yeah you you people you 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 immediately want to ask the question like how did this happen why would that happen And there's no explanation, you know? Why does somebody die in police custody? Well, there's a lot of reasons somebody could die in police custody in defense of of some of the crazier conservatives, right? Let's say somebody does a bunch of meth, tries to fight a cop, the cop arrests them, puts them in the back of the car, and then their heart explodes while they're in the back of the car. No reasonable person could claim um, that that guy was killed by the police, Right? I don't think it would be reasonable to say that somebody who smoked a bunch of meth, who got put into, who got put safely into a car and then died uh, due to the drug they were on couldn't really be... That death couldn't be attributed to the person who put them in the car. In the same way that um, if somebody's selling loose cigarettes, they're telling you they can't breathe and they get choked to death on a camera, it's going to be difficult to say that they deserved it. You don't really hear this about Rodney King either. And... As we like continue to develop our ideas around this level of destruction, death, and mayhem that we see in the united states um it appeared to be coming to a head in Trump's first six months as president, and they had a massive disaster at Charlottesville on August twelfth uh twenty seventeen because it showed the entire country what a political project coming from the far right would look like. And it included Nazis. It included Klansmen. It included uh, murderers, convicted felons, child rapists, the very worst kind of people a society can produce. And those Nazis and murderers and psychopaths were asking to be taken seriously, as seriously as the center right of the American Republican Party because they voted for Donald Trump and they felt that Donald Trump would be their guy. Donald Trump got the shit kicked out of him in this uh, event because he first off said it was a good thing, then the next day said it was a bad thing, then two days later said it was a good thing again. And he lost a lot of his credibility there, and I think it's a big part of the reason that January sixth was such a broad failure. So again, uh, absolutely, rest in peace to Heather Heyer. but I do think that there, there was a a broadly helpful outcome in that it tanked. Trump's approval rating. If he hadn't done the Trump tax cuts for the rich, I don't think Republicans would have voted for him. I don't think anybody um, could have stood around and let it happen. And the the fact of the matter is. Um, Unite the Right made a long-term rift between the ultra far-right and the uneducated and aggrieved conservative movement in America. And the undereducated, aggrieved conservative movement, people who feel like they're losing something, people who feel like there are secrets being kept from them, people who feel like they are against some force in the United States, um, those people also took... US history in 5th, 8th, ninth, and 11th grade, just like the rest of us did. And when they say a dude with a swastika flag, they'll need some convincing to get on that guy's side. And those guys did not want to do any convincing. They wanted to beat a black guy with a a stick. They wanted to uh, run people over with their car. And that is hard to uh, take their side. But I will say, for the question, and the question I was answering here is, uh, what do you think is... Uh, the best era of the internet. They even gave me a five-year window, but I think five years is too long for the internet, uh, genuinely, because if you just think about what the internet was like between the year 2000 and the year 2005, uh, totally, totally, totally different. Um, So I could say, for my part, um, that my favorite era of the internet was the Neopets era. And that's obviously a nostalgia Thing. I mean, framing it as the Neopets era is a nostalgia thing because somebody who's a little bit older than me would call it the YTMND and something awful 4chan era. Uh, somebody else uh, younger than me might call it the Disney Flash Games era. And these all these things happen at the same time, you know? And so even though the internet was pretty fresh, pretty new, there were a lot of different kinds of, of, of ways to engage with it. Um, and before... Before, like, early 2010s, the internet was basically a toy for a lot of people, just a way to do something fun. And at the same time, it also led to a lot of horrible things. Uh, And so I, I, I really can't say, like, a favorite era of the internet. I am really enjoying... What is going on with Blue Sky right now? I am really enjoying what is going on with some of the chatbots right now. I think they are very useful. I think they are very helpful. I think they can also be used incorrectly. I think that Blue Sky could, of course, become a lot more toxic than Twitter is even now. I don't think Jack Dorsey, when he made Twitter fucking 20 years ago, that he thought it would come out to be what it is now either. So it's hard to know but I mean I do want to say just of that same era like I was on Neopets I was waiting for pixelated porn to download I was uh printing out uh uh pictures of of Pokemon I liked and putting them in my room uh but at the same time uh other people saw things for the first time like Tub Girl two girls one cup Two Kids, One Sandbox, the BME Pain Olympics, Al-Qaeda torture videos, Lemon Party, Goatsy, and countless videos of people torturing animals on camera. And I think that, you know, if we want to credit an era of being the best era of the internet, I would say it's when um, NASA was just using it to send each other emails in the 70s. That's what I would say is probably the best era of the internet is when websites didn't exist. Um... Let me look at other questions I have here. Thanks so much to my co-hosts for cooling their heels while I uh, just clear a few of these things up. Because I know that they're um, they're really bummed that they can't speak for this one. But um, I'm here to uh, let you all know they're listening intently. Uh, they're fluttering their eyelashes. They are uh, uh, visibly, their hearts are beating out of their chest. They're just so excited to be here, just like I am. Um, oh, you know, I was going to talk about the show stuff at the end, um, but I do want to answer uh Himbo. Um, he is himbo.bsky.social on Blue Sky and he's a friend, Lucas. Um, he's he's been on my streams, he's he's we've talked a few times. He comes he's in our uh I know he's going to hear this. <laughs> uh so he asked if we could pick one person to come on the show, who would it be? Uh living or dead. Now, my Initial reaction to seeing that question was, well, you obviously have to pick somebody living because... Or no, obviously have to pick somebody dead. Can't pick somebody living because if you pick somebody who's alive, then you're basically saying, you know, I, I'm playing favorites, you know? And so if I were to say that I wanted somebody, let's take, you know, I, I, I make jokes about it sometimes, but, you know, let's take...